0: Your best year yet. And I don't think there'll be a better way for you to start off your new year than to make a commitment to be here four weekends in a row, if at all possible. Of course, if you can't, you can always listen to the podcast, but uh, I'd love for you to be physically in the building for those four Sundays as we believe uh, for God to give us a great new year 2018. So plan to be with us. But Christmas is awesome, isn't it? It's a magical time and uh, it's a time where uh, there's so many uh, great things that go on and we've been a part of seeing some miracles happen uh, here uh, during this month as we've focused on miracles throughout the month of December. But it also can be a very challenging month. I was talking to somebody just before the service about someone they knew that had to go to seven different family-type events by tomorrow. And so, uh, it can get complicated, can't it? And uh, trying to make everybody happy, and there may be those people in your family that it doesn't make any difference what you do. You'll never make them happy right? They'll just never be happy. And there's those people who always, every time, you know, if you come home and visit with dad or whatever, he always reminds you how you're not your sister or you're not your brother or whatever, and why can't you be? And uh, there's things like that that go on in our lives. And, And so it can be a challenging time of the year. And then on top of that, there's the gift giving, of course. And sometimes that can be challenging as well. Jimmy Fallon of The Tonight Show uh, asked people to send in their ideas or, or what has happened to them to be described as the worst gift ever. And uh, these were a few of the responses he got. My 12-year-old daughter wrapped an old AA battery up with a note that read, gift not included <laughs> for her, for, that is the worst gift ever. Right? That's terrible. My dad once got me a dog for Christmas. The next day, the real owner came back for their lost dog. Worst gift ever. That's terrible. Parents gave me a Nintendo game, but we didn't own a Nintendo. They told me to go play it at my friend's house. Got this game for you. Now go over there and play it. Well, you might have had a worst gift ever, but what was your favorite gift ever? Perhaps for some of you, it could have been a Cabbage Patch doll or some kind of Lego set, or maybe it was an iPhone. Or I know for Rochelle, uh, it would be her Easy Bake Oven that she got as a kid. You know, those are fun times. But as we get older... We uh, have a different gift list, don't we? And it usually is not around physical things. Uh, For most adults, it's, could we have more love in our family? Could we just get through this holiday without an argument? Could we have more peace in our home? I wish for more prosperity and less stress. If we could just have more happiness. Intangible gifts, but the good news is that those are the type of gifts that Jesus came to bring. Those are the very gifts that God wants to provide for us this Christmas. And so I want us to go back to the first Christmas and look at the story of Jesus' birth and from it, I believe we can find some of the greatest Christmas presents that God can give. And the very best Christmas present that God could give to some of us here today is His very presence, as He gives His presence into our lives. And the good news is, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. Uh, you can open that gift here today, and So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1 and we're going to look at the story of Jesus' birth. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and look at the screens and we'll have it pulled up here for you. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Can you say stressful? I mean, that's a stressful moment when you are engaged and committed to each other. And in that day, most likely the couple would have been kept separate until uh, they were getting ready to come together for their marriage. And So uh, perhaps they've been in different places and waiting and anticipating. And Joseph finds out that his bride-to-be that he has pledged himself to is pregnant. And he's not the father. But she says, that's okay. God is. That's weird, right? Let's just admit that. That's, uh, That's just way out there and and it had to be stressful and I don't want to over-spiritualize this because the Bible says that Joseph was dealing with very real human emotions and he thought you know I love her I'm committed to her But this is just too much. I mean, how do you deal with this? And so he was thinking about, how can I divorce her privately? And that sounds like a strong word in our culture because we go through the motions of a marriage ceremony before we find divorce. But in that culture, when you were that committed already, when you had pledged yourself uh, to be married to that person it was as though you were married that you were joined together that you would not separate that you would go on through with the marriage ceremony and then love the rest of your lives together and so this was a very real commitment not like ours today where we just step out of one commitment to another you know you just take your toothbrush and move on and and just kind of you know go on to the next person and things like that uh, our culture is very loose. In its commitment level. Would you agree with that? I think that's a fair statement uh, among our culture. And so in this culture, though, it wasn't like that. And so Joseph was dealing with these emotions, and in the midst of his dealing with it, he has a dream. And in this dream, an angel appears to him and says, It's okay it really is the truth what Mary is telling you is the truth she is going to have a child but this child is going to be like no other he will be the savior of the world and so as a result of this Joseph goes ahead and believes he has a peace in his heart about it and he moves forward. And I want to say to some of you here today that God can give the same kind of peace to you that he gave to Joseph. No matter what you're going through, God can give a peace that passes all understanding that enables you to go on and move forward just like Joseph was able to. And today, God can do that for some of you. But Joseph receives this peace. He experienced it He moved forward and he opened some of the greatest gifts that God can give to us this morning. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. One of the first gifts that I think of that God wants to give to us today is the gift of peace, God's great gift of peace. It's an incredible gift and a gift that really our culture doesn't know too much about. Uh, You know, in our culture, there's a song, and maybe you, you know this. Uh, You better watch out. You better not. You better not. I'm telling you, Santa Claus, right, is coming to town. And he's making a list. And he's checking it. He's going to find out mm -hmm, who's naughty or nice. Santa is like surveillance, right? I mean... He is uh, like all over it, and and as a result, uh, you know, there's this intimidating factor that I I could get on the naughty list, and therefore, uh, I'm not going to get the gifts that uh, I wish I could get this Christmas. I heard about a kid who wrote a note to Santa, and actually, we'll pull it up here on the screen. Uh, Here's what it says. Dear Santa, I've been good this year. Well, okay, most of the time. Well, once in a while, never mind, I'll buy my own presents. <laughs> you ever felt that way? <laughs> yeah, I'll just go ahead and, and buy my own because, uh, let's face it, I, I, I'm on the naughty list. And you know, it's easy, I think, for some people to confuse the Santa story with the Jesus story. And and some people, because of getting confused, then then what happens is is we have a false conception uh, of trying to earn God's favor. An example of that is if I were to ask even people in this room, and especially people outside this room, uh, how do you think you'll get to heaven? Uh, How do you think you'll be able to get to heaven? And a big portion of people would say, if I can just be good enough, if I can get good enough, if I'm a good enough person, if my good outweighs my bad. You know, it, in other words, you have to get on the nice list. And when you get on the nice list, then you get to go to heaven. But the Christmas story challenges that way of thinking. The Christmas story says that Jesus was born of a virgin. We just read it. Now, why is that significant? Why does the Bible make a point of telling us that? It's because Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus was the only person to ever live on the nice list. And the great thing is, is that the Bible records and even history records that he died a sacrificial death on the cross. Now, why is that important? That's important because he wanted to get me on the nice list. He wanted to get you on the nice list. And on your own, you can't get on that list. There's not a person in this place that can live a perfect life. We not only fail when it comes to God's standards, so often we fail our own standards. And there's a great verse of the Bible. 1 John, they'll pull it up for us, says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And here's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can you say amen to that? Uh, I mean, God will purify us. In other words, He'll take us off of the naughty list and put us on the nice list, not because of what we've done, but because of what He did for us. And as a result of receiving his sacrificial gift for us, we receive peace and we're never, ever alone again because God has promised to always be with us, to never leave us, never abandon us. And so we can accept his gift of peace this Christmas. There's another gift that we can open for Christmas. It is the gift of God's help. The gift of God's help. You know, the Bible talks a lot, and I don't know if you've ever done this study. It's always fascinating to me whenever I read the Bible through and I try to make a habit of just uh, recreationally, not, not for the job that I do, but, but just recreationally to, to keep myself uh, informed of God's Word, let Him just speak to me personally. I, I try to read the Bible every day of, of the entire year and read the Bible through at least once a year. And every time I do that, I marvel at the names and the significance of names. On occasion, you'll come up against someone whose, whose name meant something, and it'll, the Bible will tell us what their name meant. And then often that person would live up to their name. And there's just a lot of depth and meaning to names. I don't know if you've ever looked into the meaning of your name. You know, what does it mean? Uh, I know uh, the studies that I've seen and, and, and people that have uh, researched, I guess, the meaning of the name Craig, you know, it's, I guess, a derivative, they say, from crag or a crag in the rock. And so it's it's like a cleft in the rock or something like that. So, yeah, that's not so bad, you know, <laughs> to be a you know, a portion of the rock. You know, I'd rather be the rock, but I guess Dwayne Johnson got that one. And so, so I'm not the rock, but, but at least, you know, uh, there, there's worse things, right, that you, that you could be. And maybe your name is one of those. Maybe you looked it up and it doesn't actually mean anything. And you're like, well, that was kind of a dud. You know, I couldn't mean mighty warrior, conqueror, or, or something like that. And, and yet, I want you to know that even if you grew up with some nicknames, maybe it was stupid or maybe it was not as bright as your brother or maybe it was you're, you're fat or you're ugly or, or you're, you're never going to amount to anything or, or, or the other descriptives that came your direction and stuck to you and labeled you, maybe on a playground uh, in your past or maybe it was a parent. Who said something to you, and those words just had a way of sticking to your soul, I want you to know that your name is not nearly as important as His name. His name is what is most important. It's God's name that really matters. And so this week, I just kind of looked up a bunch of names uh, throughout the Bible, Uh, that are descriptives of the names of God. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but I, I just put a bunch of them down. I hope this inspires you. Here are a few of the names of God from the Bible. The Exalted God. The King of Glory. The Almighty God. Great and Awesome God. I Am that I Am. Everlasting Father rock eternal, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Holy and Righteous One, the Righteous Judge, the Lord our Righteousness, eternal King, ruler of all things, sovereign Lord, God, our fortress and protector, our dwelling place, our hiding place, the lifter of my head, my song, my strength, my refuge, my rock, my shade, my shelter, my shield, my strong tower, the God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, King of kings and Lord of lords our deliverer the god of peace the prince of peace our redeemer our savior and the savior of all men <laughs> those are just a few those are just a few of god's names and here's the point is god is present he is powerful god's names show us his character of who he is and who we can believe him to be, and at Christmas time, God made known Himself to this world through Jesus. Look at this as we read in Matthew again. It says that she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now that's a relief because they didn't have to get a book, you know, that uh, five thousand uh, baby names, you know, didn't have to search the internet or anything like that. Uh, you Just give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Not all these names, uh, you know, that m- meant what Jesus' name meant. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And here's here's significance. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's not just a Savior far off, but He's a Savior real close. He's right here, right now, a present Savior. Christmas reminds us that God is not far off. He is not in some far galaxy far, far away. But He is right here on planet Earth, and His presence is. And His power is available today. His help is available to you and I. You don't have to go through life alone. You may be facing big things in your life. I know some of you may be facing some stuff that just seems so big. But I'm telling you, God is bigger than your mortgage payment. He is bigger than your debt. He is bigger than your diagnosis. He is bigger than your divorce. He is bigger than your marriage problem. He is bigger than the situation right now with your teenager. He is bigger than any situation, any circumstance, anything that you may be encountering in your life. God is Bigger than all of it combined. Our God is bigger than any mountain that we face in this life. Stop talking about how big your mountain is and start talking about how big your God is, right? God is big. And not only is he big, but he has your back. God's not only close, but God is right here inside of us through the power of His Spirit. He is not just with us, He is for us, the Bible says. You see, something big happened 2,000 years ago. So big that you acknowledge it every day. Every day that you look at the date on your calendar, it acknowledges Jesus. It acknowledges Jesus Christ And just how big of an impact he made. So big that this weekend over 1 billion people will celebrate his birth. Unlike no other. And the reason why he came is a rescue mission. He came to rescue me. He came to rescue you from our sins and to get us off of the naughty list and back on the nice list where He wants us to be so that we can live with Him forever. You see, you don't have to wait till Christmas to open up the gift of God's help. God's greatest present to us is His presence in our lives. And the third gift that we can open up is the gift of God's guidance. The gift of God's guidance. We find in the Christmas story, and I know if you, if you study this and you really look at it close, and we'll see this in a moment, there were magi, there were what, what many refer to as wise men. They were actually astronomers of their day that would study the stars, and they were 500 miles away in Babylon. And, and as they were studying the stars, they decided that something significant was about to happen in the world. And, and they wanted to be a part of it. And they believed that, that God was sending someone to this planet. A divine invasion was going to take place. And as they studied the alignment of the stars and studied this one star in particular, they began to follow it until they came to Jesus. Now, if you really study this, what you find out is by the time they got there, Jesus wasn't a baby. But don't those wise men just make the nativity scene just so, you know... (laughs) I mean, who wants to move those guys out of there? You know, they just look too pretty. They're too too dressed up and nice looking, and so. Uh, but actually, they probably didn't get there on the very night that Jesus was born. And here's how we find that out. Let's look at Matthew again. It says, "And after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose." went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Not the baby, but the child. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, not the cave or not the, not the stall, uh, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh God revealed himself to these outsiders came all the way from Babylon these weren't Jewish scholars they weren't part of the Jewish tradition at all there were outsiders that were not expected. You know, Mary and Joseph didn't send out all, you know, several hundred announcements about the birth of Jesus you know, to all their friends. There was no Facebook announcement or, or anything like that. Uh, and how did these guys know? And they show up at the house, and, and they don't want to just come in. They don't want to just be there. They want to bow down and worship Jesus. Jesus. I mean, that's incredible. Here's the point that I get out of this, is that God even reaches the outsiders. Those who are far off. Those who don't look like they belong in the picture. The ones who doesn't... You can't figure out where they came from and what's going on, but God will draw anyone that's looking for Him to Himself, and He will reveal His glory to anyone. And so, if you're an outsider today and you feel like, Who am I that God would love me? Who am I that God would search for me? Who am I that God would allow me into His presence? I'm telling you, you're just the kind of person God looks for. And puts right into the story of his redemption. You are just the one that maybe today God is trying to reach and tell you. You are no longer an outsider. You may feel afar off. Maybe you used to go to church. Maybe you used to go and worship God. But you don't anymore. I'm telling you today can be that day you come back to God. And come back into his presence. And you can know him personally in your life no matter who you are. And that's good news. I want you to watch a story of someone. I'll tell you more about it in a moment.
1: My name is Carrie Wright, and I've been coming to Journey Church since I was a teenager.
2: My name is Cassie Littell, and I have been coming to this church for eight years.
1: My husband and I both... I really felt called to work with teens from the time we got married, actually. uh, We began opening up our home to teenagers. Eventually, as I spent more time in the high school where I worked, I was able to kind of just come into contact with other groups of kids that weren't necessarily kids that went to church.
2: Uh, Carrie was actually my physics teacher in high school. One day, I was just going through a lot of hard stuff, and she had just been a really solid figure in my life. She seemed like you know, a woman who had a lot together and had a lot going for her. And so as I was going just through a difficult time, I had asked her if she could talk to me after school one day. And so I went with her and I just asked her what she would do if she was going through a hard time. And that's when she encouraged me to pray about the situation I was going through. And also it encouraged me to go to church with my parents that weekend. When I had let her know that church wasn't something that I was really used to going to and praying wasn't something I'd really ever done before, she invited me that weekend to church with her and that's when I first went to uh, Journey Church. You know, when God takes that opportunity to shine through you and
1: to reach another person through you, um, our story is amazing in that that light has come back around 360 degrees. And as Cassie grew in her relationship, with God, she began to inspire me and encourage me. And I saw you know, that light coming right back at me, uh, which was just such an amazing, such an amazing experience.
2: After I decided to go all in for Jesus, I really believed he was calling me to full-time ministry. Uh, so I joined Journey Ministry College. And that is where I ended up getting to know my husband and meeting him. Moving forward, we definitely see ourselves working as youth pastors in a church and um, fulfilling that, but we right now, we're prepping for our first child, so we're due to have our first baby in January. From there, we'll probably start looking for the church and city that God has for us as we then move on to be full-time youth pastors and fulfill the call that God has placed on our lives.
0: What's awesome about that video and that story is that's a few years old because uh, Cassie was not only reached by that teacher and not only married her husband and not only felt a call to ministry, but today they serve as youth pastors of this church, and he's the one who was up here a few moments ago giving announcements and giving a greeting to all you folks. So can you give it up for the grace and mercy of God that reaches our lives. You see, you may be going through stuff, and just like Cassie, searching and longing for something, I want you to know that God makes you worthy. You don't have to be worthy to earn Him and His approval over your life. He's already given it. He's already done everything to bring you to himself and wants you to be forgiven and free. You can experience more joy, more peace, more of his presence, not because you're special, but because of his special love for you. And as you begin to open your heart to him, I guarantee you, just like Cassie, he will begin to work in your life. He will begin to move in your life and just like she had a family a church family to come around her and support her I want you to know that we want to support you in your walk with God. We want to help you in this new year to walk forward into all God has for you because we believe with every fiber of our being that Jesus has come, that you might have life and have it to the full. And we want to do everything that we can to make sure you experience that fullness of life. You know, it was a few years ago, now several years ago, When we first started the church in the regal Shiloh Crossing Cinema, and I remember gathering in that movie theater week after week, but one of the very first people to come to that church was a lady by the name of Barb Cole. And Barb would write on her communication card each week a prayer request to pray for John, her husband, to come to know the Lord. And just in case you didn't think we read those, we do, all right? And we do pray over those. And so we would pray over those, and then I got acquainted with Barb. And she went through our uh, New Believers class uh, that we had and and began to grow in her faith. But uh, her longing was that John would come with her. I had no idea who John was or or exactly what he was like, but a Mother's Day came up, and she said to John, I don't want you to get me a gift. The only thing I want you to do for me for Mother's Day is come with me to church. And so reluctantly, he decided, all right, she doesn't want anything else, I'll go. And so he got ready that morning and got dressed, ready to go to church and put his ball cap on and came to church and thought, you know, the first person who tells me that I've got to take my hat off to be able to go in church, I'm going to use that as an excuse to leave. The problem is nobody said anything. Because we were a church and we are a church where you can just come as you are. It doesn't make any difference. And so John sat through the service and, and then left that day and and uh, I don't think they talked too much about it, but then I believe it was the next Sunday rolled around and and. She got up just like she had always done week after week and got ready for church. And she knows John was up and stirring around. And she says, well, what are you doing? And he says, well, I thought maybe I might go back to that church today. And she says, really? And he says, yeah, just thought maybe I would. And so he came back with her. Well, then he began to come more and more often and in the left hand drawer of my desk I keep a little wilted index card with John's handwriting on it because it says this John Cole I gave myself to the Lord six months ago first of all I want to thank God and I would like to thank the people at Crossroads Church and my family This is his baptism card that he filled out as his testimony before his baptism, six months after he first started coming to the church. Can you praise God for that today? You see, I I think we all have something in common. There's something in us that thinks, I don't deserve God. I belong on the naughty list. I know myself, and I'm not perfect. And if you've got to be perfect to get to heaven, I don't really have a shot. But the good news of Christmas is that Jesus came as the only one who's ever lived completely on the nice list. He's the only one who can take our sins upon himself as he did on the cross and die for us and what God did for John Cole and what God did for Cassie Littell he can do for you here today you don't have to know all the answers You just come with all your questions and whatever and all you do is believe and trust Him at what point you're at right now. And if you'll just come just like those men who followed that star, if you'll just allow this service today to be a star in your life, a sign to you that God loves you, God cares for you. If my voice could be His voice to you to tell you that He is for you and not against you and he wants to make this day the best day of the rest of your life as he comes in his grace and his mercy into your life right here right now let's pray father we thank you for your grace your love your your abundance in our lives god you're so good And you came 2,000 years ago in the form of your son to redeem us from our sins. And God, we just thank you today that there is enough grace to cover everybody in this place and to give everyone in this place a new start, a new beginning. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, just like many last night did in our first service, uh, maybe you're here this morning And you say, Craig, to be honest with you, I know I don't deserve the grace of God. But if it's available to me, if God could take me right where I am and he could come and, and give me a new start, For this new year, I would love for God today to just take my sin away and give me a fresh new birth in Him and and be like a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. God wants to do that in your life this morning, and I want to pray for you right now. I won't embarrass you, but if you'd like to raise a hand just to me and just say, yes, I need that prayer right now. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Yes, down here. God bless you. How many others over here? God bless you Up there, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. God bless you. All right. Several hands have been raised around the room. So, church family, let's just all pray together. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to be born to be a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice for an imperfect me. I know I've sinned, but today I want to start over. So please wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer here today. So awesome. Listen, again, we want to help you in this new year to grow in your faith with God. And if you made a a comeback move this morning, or maybe you've never, like Cassie... Maybe you've never gone to church, really, or or didn't grow up in a a church family. Then, uh, regardless, God wants to help you, and we want to help you to grow in faith with Him. And so, let us do that for you, and let someone know about that, and we'll uh, see God work great things, I believe, in your life in the new year. Our worship team is going to come back and lead us in a final song as we worship the Lord before we leave and celebrate Christmas once. Once again where you stand and let's sing unto the Lord